Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. amen. Father, we love you. We thank you for another opportunity to be in your presence, God. We pray that the words we speak bring honor to you, that they point people to you. God, help us to decrease, that you might increase. God, we love you. We trust you. We honor you. you, And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Uh, my co-host today is Mr. Calvin James. Calvin James. And we have a uh, famous, uh, just a, a, a guest and, 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 a, and a wonderful man, just an honor for him to be here today. Today we have two-time Olympic medalist and the American record, world record holder, or American record holder in the indoor high jump, Mr. Hollis Conway. Good right. morning. Thank hey, you. Hollis. Thank, thank you for being you. here. I want to get it right because I spent a lot of time in the rec- recreation department program, but... Uh, he is the current director of the Parks, Arts, Recreation, and Culture Department in Lafayette. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a Capricorn. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm excited to be here. I've had a, a journey. God is, is truly uh, wonderful. Praise I was born God. in Chicago, moved to Detroit, Michigan when I was two, moved to Shreveport, Louisiana when I was nine. Ended up being talked out of going to Texas A&M University to the University of Southwestern Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. Had a wonderful athletic career. Went from there to working with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes for over 18 years. We're really being a part of FCA probably 25, 30 years. Uh, dominant point in my life. And I moved back to Lafayette uh, January 1st, 2018 to be Assistant Athletic Director at the university. And then January 1st, 2020, started working for Lafayette Consolidated Government. That's awesome. So it's been a journey. I'm going to let Calvin lead us off today. Go ahead. Well, uh, I'm happy to be here, too. I wanted to be here because uh, uh, we have something in common with FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So I wanted to uh, fellowship with a brother as much as I could today. And I'm just uh, happy to be here. Uh, One thing I would like to open up with a question is, uh, why don't you share with the audience the effect that FCA had on your life from the beginning that you can see that play, had an impact on your life today? So in, I was part of FCA in high school and I don't remember a lot about what we did. I know I've always, we were a church family. We grew up, uh, no matter what situation or circumstances we were in, we went to church. Amen. So it wasn't a, a dominant part of life, it was more of a ritual. So it was something you do. You, you're going to go to church. So I was part of FCA. But when I got to USL and uh, a combination between Cajuns for Christ, the BCM, uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. BCM. Uh, Baptist Collegiate Ministry. Okay. Um, they, uh, they would meet with the athletes. And um, I remember that's where I learned to pray for people. You know, they took us to the hospital, taught us protocol um, there was a family from uh, it was back it was East Bayou Baptist mm-hmm. Church back in the day uh, that adopted the athletes and I had a family that adopted yeah. us and fed us and we kind of got family sense and just kind of we got the sense of being a believer as part of a family and I learned to care about people to pray for people to serve people um, they put actionable items uh, in my Christian relationship and so um 
it taught me everything. And then FCA taught me how to marry my spiritual beliefs with my athletic beliefs because athletically that was my dominant thought I want to win I want to be number one I trained hard I focused hard everything I thought about was athletically and sometimes it's hard to marry the two and FCA just put scriptures to everything we we do you know everything you do you work at it with all your heart for the Lord you know uh, we glory in our tribulations because it produces perseverance character and hope all of a sudden all of the emotions and all of the drive that I had I found out that they weren't wrong that God can be my focus and they can be used to point to him Um, and boy that took a weight off my shoulders because I didn't have to stop being an athlete I didn't have to stop trying to be the best athlete I could be I can pursue that um, because God created me that way God gave me those gifts and he wants me to use them but for him not for myself it was a paradigm shift. Yes. Changed my perspective, my outlook on life. And so freed me to be who God created me to be. And I learned that through Fellowship of Christian Athletes. You know, when I, me and Todd first met, we had a good spiritual conversation. And at the end of the conversation, I said, Todd, you know, you're in the right place. You're on the right trail. It's like you have all the 26 blocks to the alphabet. Uh-huh. You just need to put them in order. Put them in order. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's what Fellowship of Christian Athletes did to me. It helped me put things in order. So I got to ask you, how did you come to know Christ? And you know, I know you said you were going through the process, you know, in church rituals. But when did you come to know Christ? How, how did you come to know Christ? So I am... Um it's going, this is gonna sound weird. I, you no, know, it won't. We, we 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 grew up in church, so we we always went to church. I I wasn't a bad kid. I never really this none of this has anything to do with me being good. But I just I never smoked. I never drank. I never really chased women because I was broken, ugly, and nobody wanted me. So I mean, it wasn't like they were running down my door. So I didn't have a problem with that. So I I was relatively a good kid, and we grew up in church. So um, I believe. The word of God is in you, whether you're um, adhering to it or not. You, you, you're taking the word of God in. God's got you. Um, but my focus was on being the best athlete, getting to college, doing those things. But I do remember being in church and hearing the word of God and, and being there. And so it was always an important part of my life. So when I got to USL, you know, there was a church fan from Progressive Baptist Church that would pick us up and we would always go to church on Sundays, no matter what we did on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. I was part of FCA. So I, I was always around the Word of God, hearing the Word of God, um, but it wasn't a focus of my life. My focus was still being the best athlete in the world. And so, um, but I was, you know, I was involved in everything from ushering to trustee board. It, it was a part of my life. And, and so, and it was important to me. But it wasn't my main focus. My heart was an athlete. And in 1995, you know, I um, I went to the Olympics in 1988, got mm-hmm. a silver medal out of the blue. Nobody knew who I was. I didn't know. How good. I just went there. I ended up second, literally, and it was amazing. Um, in 1992, I was number one in the world, and I was the favorite to win the gold medal, and I got third on the tiebreaker. A little bit disappointing. So my goal was to go to Atlanta in 1996, win the gold medal, and be the only high jumper to have all three medals and win it on our home court. Wow. And so I remember uh, the, the pre-Olympic year, 1995, I was going over to Europe to start my indoor European season. 
And I took my Bible on the airplane. I said, you know, I'm just going to read through the Bible. I opened it up into Genesis and I started reading. And I was just blown away. I was like, Genesis is a wild book. <laughs> there are some crazy things that yeah. happen in Genesis. And I'm just reading. And it just blew my mind. And I remember at the competition, it was a we were at, it was in Germany. The wall had come down, but we clearly was in the old east. <laughs> they put you over there to save money. And uh, during the competition, my first jump, my knee snapped right below the patella tendon and my kneecap went all the way up on my thigh. Devastating injury. Um, there weren't anybody that really spoke English. I was in a foreign country. I remember they, they wheeled me to the hospital and the doctor wow. was like, uh, we're going to have to operate. Wow. And um, clearly he wasn't the best doctor to operate on me, but he, they shot me up with something and uh, put me out. And then they realized it was a lot more serious than he thought, and he couldn't do it, and I was going to have to go to Frankfurt, Germany, where the best doctors were. And my body was paralyzed from the chest down. And one of the amazing things that I had as an athlete was the ability to believe that I could do anything. Yes. You have to have that to be successful. And for some reason, I always believed that if I was paralyzed, I could make myself walk. Well, I'm laying there, and all I could do is see my feet. And I'm, I'm trying to make my toe move, and I can't. And the thought hit me, what if you never walk again? And then the next thought was, you know, God has been talking to me. That's why I started reading my Bible. I realized that God had been trying to get my attention the whole time. Yes. And there I'm laying in the bed paralyzed. I could only see my toes. And I just started having these grateful, thankful thoughts that, God, if I never walk again, the thing that I've seen, I grew up with nothing in poverty and in dysfunction. And I've traveled the world, been over 36 different countries, been almost every state in the United States. I've accomplished all these things. I was just so thankful, and, and all of a sudden my toe starts to move. Wow. And I'm like, wow. And I realized, I said, you know, God is calling me to do more with what he's given me. Um, so he, he was always a part of my life, but he wasn't the folk. And, and that point, laying in that bed, not being able to move and not be, having the power to realize that I'm not in control. Um, God just began to talk to me, and I just started meditating on what he had done in my life and how I can use that to touch other athletes because obviously athletics is where I, I my heart was yes. and God allowed me to minister where I was. Yes. I didn't have to change and you know I love missionaries. I think everybody should be a missionary but being a missionary in the area that God called you to be in really took the weight off me because there was a lot of pressure for me said we need to go overseas i'm like i don't want to go over there i've been over there <laughs> and so yeah that was the point in uh, january 1995 landing at room in old east germany paralyzed realizing that god has called me to to share what he's done in my life with other people Amen. so that they'll know that it was him that did it and not me Yes, it's amazing how God will knows the desires of our hearts yes. better than we do. And to get our attention, that story is genuine. Yeah. That testimony is genuine. He gets our attention by going into the most desired part of our lives. Other than that, he probably wouldn't be able to. I can attest right. to your injury. Oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah. Uh, Todd, go ahead. Yeah, just wanna... an honor to be with you two great athletes. I think, too, our listeners would agree, two of the greatest athletes that have ever come through through the university. And I'm uh, proud to be sitting here with y'all. And I think the good Lord put us all together. You know, yeah. I was telling Hollis how we have so much in common. I want to promote Hollis a little bit because people, ever since I was able to hear him in our Rotary Club, he's intrigued me. And uh, I think 
our listeners want to hear more for sure. He's written two books. Um, uh, it's Yes, I Can. Is that right? Yes, you could. Yes, you could. <laughs> and Grasshopper, yeah. which is the nickname I gave to my, my niece that, uh, that, 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 that high jumped and, and, and triple jumped. That's what I call her, so I, that caught my attention. Uh, but um, he also has a website, hollisconway.com, and, uh, and this uh, endeavor called Overcoming Obstacles. So let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, and, I, and I see you lead with 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 23, but tell us a little bit about that endeavor. So, uh, like I said, once uh, I had that awakening, God got my attention. Um, one of the things that I started thinking about is my life and where I came from and the things that I had to overcome to be successful and, and the natural tie-in with the high jump. You know, you have to overcome that bar. You know, no matter how high you jump, the bar goes up. You know, there's only two results that ending results in the high jump. You're either uh, a loser or a quitter. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you know, you can, you know, if you make a height and you win, you can stop. You can quit. Um, but if you want to challenge yourself, you raise it to the next level, and it's not over until you miss. Yeah. <laughs> so you either you either miss three times or you quit. And so there was a natural athletic tie that, from from the athletic standpoint, I can use that to grab people's attention to talk about how God is the source. Um, but then also when you think about business, you think about church, you think about schools, um, I wanted to find stories from my life because – you know, one of my favorite scriptures says we overcome by the word of God and the, the blood of our the word yes. of blood of the Lamb and the word, word of our testimony. testimony. Yes, our sir. testimonies are powerful. It testifies to what God has done in our life. And so, um, I just I thought overcoming obstacles. You know, the poverty, the drug use in my family, the dysfunction in, with my mom and dad's marriage, the injuries I've had to overcome, the self-esteem issues. Um, athletically, my size, I'm really short for a high jumper, I'm really skinny. You know, just, you think about the obstacles, people in the community, people across this world are struggling with one of those. And so I tried to tell stories from my life and then put scriptures to it to show how God heals, ministers, provides, delivers in all of those areas. Mm -hmm. And so overcoming obstacles is a touchy thing. I, I, I use raise the bar sometimes as, you know, you want to raise right. the bar. But it's all it's all athletic driven. Everything's athletic driven with me. Yes. Um, Christ centered, but athletic. Yeah, yeah. Focused. Of course, of course. Well, um, I just want to remind our listeners: you're listening to Cajun Catholics, and today's guest is Mr. Hollis Conway. And uh, just some of his accolades: he's had 76 jumps over seven six and a half, 29 jumps over seven eight, and three jumps over seven foot ten. Wow. He is the two-time Olympic medalist, and he is currently, for 30 years, still holds the American Indoor Well, record. more than that. I need to change that, that's because that was stuff. 30 years from back then, okay. but I, I set the American Indoor record in 1991. 91, okay. And I set the collegiate records, both of them, in, in 1989, and I still hold those, so I wasn't good in math, but I think <laughs> I want to talk shop a little bit, because I love sports, you know, well, but listen, I, I read something. Before you right, inject right, that, y'all were talking about all of his, his uh, accomplishments, and he was telling us about his size. I'm going to tell you something. Uh, one of our favorite scriptures in the Bible, me and Todd coached at Fatima for a few years, is uh, Ecclesiastes 9-11. Victory does not always go to the strong and the, the swift. swift. But, but to those who right. endure. That's right. And that's that, I, I, this is your labeled scripture. <laughs> I knew these guys I were kindred spirits. Uh, 
So, you know, I was reading, and tell me if this is accurate. I was, you're on Wikipedia. It says that you jump off your left foot. That you, and, and I don't know, is that – I always jumped off my left foot, but is that uncommon? Uh, well, um, so I'm, I'm a big believer when I, when I train jumpers that you do what you naturally do. You know, somebody yeah. – you know, like somebody's right-handed, you don't want to say, okay, you need to do that left-handed. Most people – Back in the day, with right-handed, they were left leg dominant. Yeah. So if you're doing shooting a basketball layup, you jump off your left leg and you put it up with your right hand. Mm-hmm. Um, but today, man, it's it's a lot of people who are right-handed who jump off their right leg. Um, hmm. But the only significant, the only difference in the high jump is which side you would come from. Mm-hmm. So if you're jumping off your left leg, you would come from the right. You're jumping off your right leg, you come from the left because you have to jump off the inside leg because. You know, I don't want to be nerdy, but it's it's all biomechanics and physics. And in order to get the centrifugal force, you'd have to be leaning to the inside so centrifugal force would throw you up and over the bar. Yes. And you can't get that jumping off the same leg on the same side. So Hollis is six feet tall, and he, he jumped, I believe it was 22 and a half inches over his head. I think I'm saying that yeah, right. Somewhere in there, my math isn't bad, but I jumped a long way. <laughs> it was like third ever height overhead. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. What, 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 what was your point? Fosbury flop? Absolutely the Fosbury right, right. flop. <laughs> the, uh, the Eastern Western roll and the straddle, those athletes are so much more talented than yeah. us, but, but the physics of doing that style does not allow them to jump. The Fosbury flop is scientifically perfect and it allows yeah. your center of gravity to flow at a natural angle and go over. You, you look like the a guy that would use that technique because for your size, it's an advantage to use that form of jumping. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Dick Fosbury is a friend of mine, too. When I went into the United States Track and Field Hall of Fame, he inducted me, so that was pretty cool. All right. Hollis, tell me about uh, other athletes you rubbed in, in the Olympics and whatnot, and maybe what is the faith mm, – say atmosphere at, at, at an olympics do you find that religion comes into other athletes people, yeah yeah, yeah it, it does because at every major event now the olympics back then the the world was a different place like in 1988 my uh my dad went to the olympics with us and he was all over the village and stuff now in the world we live in you have to secure things you don't right. have the freedoms right you had. it was a different world back in our yeah. day and so um but you always had um, athletes in action, campus crusade. They were always there. They always had tents and worship services, and you had people um, passing out ministry flyers. And so it was, um, it was very prevalent. There was always opportunity there, and there, there's all kinds of believers. But one of the things that I, I learned to appreciate, because I and I learned this much later that. You know, I have a, an American religion, and the world doesn't revolve around how we do religion here. And so I had to learn very quickly to not judge people or expect their show or faith to look like mine. Because mm-hmm. at the Olympics, you have every country in the world and in every situation and every circumstance. And there are people who, who, who are more faithful than me um, that can't express it because their life would be on the line. Mm-hmm. Um, you just don't know the circumstances. And so, um, but there was always, we would go to the to the tents and there would be speakers, there would be worship, there'd be food, of course, to get people in. Um, it was always on, on display, but me being an athlete, I always thought, you know, I'm still there to win. Oh, yeah. We gotta, you got to compete. 
And right. so uh, we got to know why we compete and who are we competing for and how and what kind of message it sends. Um, and so at that level, though, you saw some of the best athletes in the world. And I would say that there were there were athletes whose performance may have been some of the most meager uh, in the eyes of the world standards, but they were the best that that country had to offer. And those athletes gave 110%. And just because the result didn't look well, the effort that they gave was oftentimes better than people who actually won because mm-hmm. they had more talent and they didn't have to do as much. And so it, it's just incredible to see people using the gifts that God gave them in the variety whether it was ping pong, fencing, swimming, you know, to just see the diversity, uh, you know, every shape, every size, every color, every language, every economy in one place. I just love, you know, one of my favorite scriptures talk about the body of Christ and the whole body is not an ear or an yeah, eye. Yeah. Every part was placed by God and it has a purpose yeah. and it's significant. And even the smallest parts are sometimes the most important. Yes. So that's kind of how I look that's at that. That's Calvin's favorite over there. He yeah. likes that one. I use that one in our coaching a lot. It seems like you pay a lot of attention to detail. That's important. Now, yeah. didn't then. <laughs> I've gotten a little bit wiser as I've gotten older. <laughs> Praise you know. the Lord for that. So tell us uh, a couple of things. One would be a question. Uh, I know you have an amazing marriage and, and four wonderful kids, and uh, and I believe he's famous now, right, I heard, because uh, one of his daughters won Miss Louisiana recently. Yeah, my, my middle daughter. Uh, first More of all, I, I've, you know, I've had three daughters all my life, really I four, but I, I found out maybe four years ago that my high school girlfriend's daughter was my daughter wow and it's been an incredible relationship and, and she has three kids so i went from three daughters to four daughters and zero grandkids to three grandkids wow. really quickly overnight yeah uh, and god has just done a wonderful thing in that relationship because she was 28 when i found out so it was really wow i was like what do you do from here um but my middle daughter with my wife uh was the third ever miss black louisiana or miss louisiana and um and then she was second runner-up at Miss America. Um, but as a dad, you know, I had a, my, my dream was to have one son. I was going to call him Hollis Jr. and call him H.J. for the high jump. <laughs> Perfect plan. And I get all girls, and two of them are competition cheerleaders. And so I spent my life at watching cheerleaders. And, and then we moved into <gasps> pageants. And I'm like, oh, Lord, deliver me. We, we, we twins, had, me and him, yeah. man. Oh, I'm telling you. Pageant yeah. world is. Yeah, I hate it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and so. Uh, but it was incredible, and now she's on Broadway, and so she's an incredible singer yes. and dancer, and so we're we're so excited about that. So, how about your wife? What what do y'all share in your faith life? How did y'all meet? She begged me to marry her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he finally gave in. Mean, yeah. So crazy story. She hates when I tell it like this, but it's my story, and I'm telling it. So she's not here. Um, but um, she's from Sunset, Louisiana, a small town, and when. Um, her mom is the oldest of, I think, 13. Both of her grandmothers have 13 kids, and one side from Plaisance and the other side Sunset. And these, I didn't know anything about a lot of these small towns down here, but you know, she has a uncle that's younger than her, and she has an aunt, auntie that's the same age. That happens my, down here. Oh yeah. So my college roommate was dating her auntie. And he would go to Sunset and he said, Hollis, there's this beautiful girl out there. You need to come. You need to come. And this is this is around 88, you know. I, I'm, I'm becoming famous. And I, I went out there. And, of course, she didn't want to have anything to do with me. But 
her mom was a huge sports fan. <laughs> and her mom knew it. Her mom was like, you got to talk to him. You got to talk to Divine him. Divine intervention. She, and so <laughs> I was man. leaving to go to the Olympics, and she did, wouldn't give me her number. But her mom gave me her number. And so I wrote her mom a letter from the uh, wow. Olympics and, and sent it to her. And her mom wore her down, and eventually she agreed to go out with me. That's a and, cool uh, story. It's yes, funny, it but she still has that letter today. And I told her, I didn't write that to you. I wrote that to your mom. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But she was she, an athlete? She, she played uh, softball uh, at, in high school. Yeah. And um, she I think she started doing, uh, she went to school to be a nurse coming out of there. And then, obviously, you know, we dated for three years. And we ended up getting married and um, having three kids. And, and she was a homemaker. But, boy, she loves the Lord. She's in the Word. Um the family and the life I have outside of Christ, she held it down. Her faithfulness, you know, because I was off traveling and doing things, and, and she was a rock, and uh, and so I appreciate her. But, yeah, God's blessed us. This September 14th will be 30 years married. Three. Three. Congratulations. Your Holy Spirit number, I'm telling you this. And I want you to believe it, because I've heard three. I'm tired of hearing three. That's your Holy Spirit number. After Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Yeah. Yeah. You need to look into that. You yeah. don't get a number in track, huh? Right? Unfortunately, they don't give you a jersey number. They no. Should, they, they, should <laughs> they should do that. They, they should do that. They should. They should. I'll, hey. I'll take this number right, right Alice, here. here's a question. If you would have had a number on your jersey, what would it have been? You ever thought about that? I have not, because we never had numbers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I guess number one, because I always wanted to be number one. <laughs> All right. That makes sense. That's it. God. Enough. Number for God. But now I would say three. Now, yeah. now well, it has to be now. Yeah, just a minute left on the show. It's going by so wow. fast. You know, wow. I know really? we're just blowing through here. Uh, but uh, Hollis, who has inspired you, and and uh, and especially maybe in in Cajun country down here, who do you look up to, whether it's athletically, religiously, or even in, in your travels? Um, I was always self-driven. Um, one of the main reasons that I came to USL. I wanted to go to Texas A&M because on my recruiting trip, the number one high jumper in America was a guy named Jimmy Howard, and I wanted to go there and be the next Jimmy Howard. The one reason that I got talked out of going there and coming here is the coach told me, he says, don't go there and be the next Jimmy Howard. Come here and be the first Hollis Conway. Oh, yeah. And he gave value to my name, and, and really, and so I, I had this inner drive to be the best. And so, you know, while there are people who I respect and, and there are things that I may be able to take from their lives, I was driven. And, and so my journey, realizing what God has done in my life, what he brought me through, what he's called me to, um, that has really been my, say, my driving force. You know, and I grab from everybody, whether it's Paul and how he overcame so much, how he went from Saul to Paul, or you, you think about, um, you know, Mark, Luke, uh, Joe. I mean, you, you can name them. I, I grab everybody, and if there's something good, a lesson that I need to learn from them, I just grab that. I, I think, you know, people always say, what's the one thing you need to be successful? And I say the one thing you need to be successful is to realize it's not just one thing. Mm -hmm. It's many things, and they may change over time. And so uh, I've always tried not to force myself into one area, one person, because um, God can use anything at any time. To motivate you and so um yeah god's my my guy um, real quick rc slocum was coaching uh football when you recruited i have no idea i was a track guy because i was recruited there i had a visit over there too. and this was in 85 yeah this so. was in 70s 
seven. Oh, okay. Seven six. Just right. missed each other. <laughs> well, just been a super an honor for uh, you to be here today, and um, and you're just a great man and a, a mentor for sure. Uh, I look up to you, and I, I, I thank you for all you've done for our community, and uh, and keep the faith, brother. God thank is you. good. God thank bless you. you. You've been listening to Cajun Catholics. Today's guest was Mr. Hollis Conway. He is the director for Parks, Arts, Recreation, and Culture Department here in Lafayette. Look him up on hollisconway.com. He's got two books written out there and just uh, just a great man. And I uh, and, uh, want you to always uh, to challenge you to engage the Cajun Catholic community. Until next time, God bless. Hallelujah.